Yo MTG Taps is sponsored by LegitMTG.com. Strategy, streams, and singles, LegitMTG has it all. Oh yeah, and now us. So check us out every Friday on LegitMTG.com and stop back every weekday for more great Magic the Gathering content and product. I wonder who my competition is not going to be. I know it ain't going to be nobody up in here. They up in here. They up in here. Magnetic. F14. W. Organized campaign, I'm on my third route The album just dropped, I'm trying to get the word out Superhero theme music, Ron Sleep, walking, snoring The less rails for what was recorded My first stop was Sway in the morning Was written by Heather B, Toto was a fan Since the real world on MTV now I MC, five fingers of death, couldn't chin check me Not before I had to get balls right, rehearsing Was asked about my upbringing, how long I've been working And Sway's hair rap, little bigger hand person Was rhyming like it was a wake up show Homie tough, I got raps for days Gotta say something for Tony Touch My phone is gone, sorry, I can't talk right now I'm busy, traveling, making my rounds I sat down next on the schedule was static selector, sure already, yo Hey everybody, welcome back to Yo MTG Taps, I'm Big Head Joe. I'm Stephen Marshall. That's Stephen Marshall. Did you know that? He's, he's a member of this podcast. Uh, man of mystery, traveling all around in a in a in a van. No, no, I I basically haven't played Magic for the last month. Yeah, I'm finally getting into photography, so I'm just basically Joe Pasco now. <laughs> The transformation's complete. <laughs> you went on a you went on a <laughs> you went on a life journey to become Joey Pasco. Yeah, I was like, I gotta, I gotta. Yeah, it was, it was character acting. You know, you gotta get into that character. Yeah, no doubt. You've taken some Total great photos too. So, <laughs> um, so you are right now where exactly? Brownsfield, Texas. And uh, what is Brownsfield, Texas, known for? Oil, or it used to be, not anymore. Not 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 where oil is now. But yeah, when we were driving in, we saw like just giant flares where they're just like they drill the oil and then they just they burn the gas because they don't want it. Hmm. Yeah. And so they built they built these hotels because there wasn't any place for all the the roughnecks that drilled the wells to live. And now they're empty. The hotels are empty. They're new hotels, but very cheap. Wow. <laughs> That's weird. So you're kind of in like a, this is like some kind of ghost town almost. It's a little bit, yeah. I mean, they have McDonald's. Nice. They have a super shady looking Hong Kong buffet. Huh. I bet it's delicious. I bet it's not. <laughs> I don't know. In my experience, the shadier looking the buffet, the more amazing it's been. Uh, there's one in, uh, in Virginia heading back from, uh, from Richmond that had, uh, frog legs. And I was just like, yep, gotta go there. Gotta try some frog Frog legs and a buffet. Yeah. Had to go there. Had to try them. They were excellent. Um, but anyway, anyway, I I, I love that kind of stuff. You should, I, I highly recommend the, uh, Hong Kong buffet. Um, so anyway, so. Just uh, real quick before I tell you about what I've been up to, what have you been up to? So where where you where you been? Where you been? Where you gone? What you done? Tell me a little bit. Short I'm the clink for a month now. Uh, oh God! Uh, just a really super long road trip. Drove up to Denver and then down through uh, Colorado Springs and. Uh, a bunch of other places in Colorado and then into Arizona and saw all the pretty rock formations that they have, uh, Grand Canyon, all that jazz. Um, it's basically just been on the road for a month with California, Vegas. I spent Thanksgiving in Vegas. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. You, you, uh, <laughs> you wound up, yeah, you wound up, uh, cleaning up, uh, betting against the Cowboys. Oh yeah. That was, that was, uh, that was really fun. That was one, that's probably one of my top five. I'm just kidding. That's my favorite Thanksgiving ever. <laughs> There's only so much turkey you can eat. <laughs> I'd rather just win money betting against the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, I it's, mean, it, Tony Roman didn't have to re-break his bones. For really, no. <laughs> that I didn't need. But, you know, the rest of it was, was, was 
was nice. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, it was great. And, like, (laughs) no one wants to go to Thanksgiving or someone wants to go to Vegas during Thanksgiving. So it was was really cheap. There's only, like, Canadians and other foreigners there. Nice. A lot of Chinese people. Um, Like, some of the hotels, like the Flamingo, were, were, like, they had comparable roommates to what we paid to, like, camp. Wow. (laughs) It was pretty funny. Um, Yeah, so spent... Thanksgiving in Vegas, and then drove up to California, up to Sacramento, uh, then to San Francisco, then down the coast on the PCH to Los Angeles, and then back out through southern Arizona, um, one of the other states, ah, New Mexico, that's what I would say, and then now Texas. So I'm almost home. We, yeah, we rented a van for this, and we were like the second people to rent the van. And it had 160 miles when we started the trip, and it's at 4,100 now. Wow. So you did rent a van. So it might, yeah. it might, So I was actually not making stuff up. I thought I was just making stuff up saying you rented a van, but you actually did rent a van. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. We, we tried to rent an SUV, but all they had was a van. Nice. It's been fun. It uh, probably looks like you, too, now. I haven't shaved. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that in the pictures, yeah. Yeah, I bet there's, like, some weird compilation you can make and just watch him get, like, more and more, no offense, hobo-looking. Well, that's the thing. Like, I thought when I got to Denver, I thought they just had a ton of homeless people. But it turns out if you have to layer up for the cold and don't shave, I mean, you just look homeless. Yep. Well, you've seen that uh, hipster homeless, right? Oh, it's, yeah, that's true. It's pretty awesome. Right? Yeah, I don't even know what I am anymore. <laughs> You're a little bit of both right now. Why do I have these night vision goggles? <laughs> I don't know why I have these goggles. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, you've been gone, and that's been fun. I've been here. Well, I've been, you know, I went to Atlanta and all. You know that. You started your mm-hmm. trip about the same time I went on my trip. And I got I got me a tattoo. <laughs> that's crazy. I know. I know. It was uh, Friday the 13th. So, yeah, Anna recognized it. I was like, I had no idea. He's yeah. like, oh, you got a free tattoo. It's not free. It's not it's free? Like, oh, you got There's like 20 bucks. Discount. They're super cheap. They're super cheap. You got you to gotta pick off Bargain. the board. Yeah. I'm thinking about starting a sleeve of Friday the 13th tattoos. <laughs> I think that would be really funny. Just like get them all real close to each other. Because they were like, man, you're putting that in some prime tattoo real estate. I was like, yeah, whatever, though. It's cool. And I was like, I was thinking like it'd be really funny to get my next thirteen tattoo like right next to it, and then just slowly just start branching out until it becomes like a whole sleeve of just like twenty dollar tattoos. <laughs> it would be kind of amazing. <laughs> what is what is the prime tattoo real estate? Is it your is it your bicep? No, it's like my forearm, like oh, below, okay. below the elbow. Like I I got it right on my forearm, pretty much like where you'd like get a needle typically, you know what I mean? So it's good. Cover up all my track marks. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. Cover up my track marks with a straight edge tattoo. That's real, real good. But anyway, also there's been some magic happening. No way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get into two weeks ago, two weeks ago, or maybe it was three weeks ago. Uh, totally scrubbed out of a sealed GPT slash IQ. Just O2 dropped it. Like had like a pretty awesome pool. I talked about this on the show. Had a pretty awesome pool, but like tried so hard to like fit too much in the deck. Um, and was like so worried about like synergy that I didn't just build like a good deck and I just lost real fast. Um, Wait, you focus on synergy in a sealed deck? Yeah, because I had some yeah, decent. There were some decent synergies there, but no, no, no. It just wasn't. It didn't make any sense to like. I just needed to focus on power level of cards, which I did this time around. Uh, we just played uh, this past Sunday at um, at Common Ground Games. Um, they had another GPT slash IQ that was sealed. Um, was it for Houston or for Houston? Yes. 
and uh, I actually uh, 3-0-2 the the sealed portion. I was able to 3-0 and then double draw into top eight, um, which was nice. Uh, it's nice when, like, round four, you get paired against the only 3-0 in the room, and it's a guy you test with every Tuesday. So you just kind of go, yeah, we're drawing. You know, there's no question we're drawing. Yeah. Um, there's just real easy. And then the next round, my opponent was also a lock, so we just drew again. It was just nice to only have to, like, muddle through three rounds of sealed. Blue-red is what I was playing. And then uh, there were a couple times where I boarded in to white, which was weird. Like, I boarded in a third color. I boarded in... Well, basically, I boarded in the tap land for white every game, too, because I had exert influence. And for some reason, the deck I registered, I didn't include them because I should have included them just to have a third color for the exert influence. Uh, yeah. But then, but then also, like, just randomly wound up, like, one time boarding in a Gideon's Reproach just off the two, the two tap lands. <laughs> because the first round, I played against a deck that was just all four toughness. So I just sided in like everything with four power or dealt four damage that I possibly could, which included a Gideon's Reproach just off of the two uh, tap lands and um, and like Belligerent Whip Tail, just anything I could get my hands on that was four, uh, and wound up winning that match. Even though I felt like I couldn't win that match at one point, I even looked at Scott. Scott came over. He's like, "How's it going?" I'm like, and I went, "I'm not going to win this match." And then I won the match, <laughs> like it was because I had lost game one and then I won games two and three. It was kind of nuts. Um, and then in round two, I really liked because um, I played against. Uh, it was like a black white deck, and black white decks have always been my my kryptonite in this format. They got the removal, and they just have like. It's just really, they're just really good grindy decks. I played against a black-white deck, and for some reason they had a lot of trouble dealing with my flyers. I had a couple flyers in the deck. Well, I had the Akum Hellkite, uh, which is mm. a good flyer. Uh, but I had Cloud Mantas, and it just seemed like he was having a lot of difficulty dealing with my flyers. So when I went to board for game three, I boarded in all my white flyers, because I had like uh, the 3-3 uh, three, three Vigilance, I had the 2-3... Um, I had a couple flyers in white, and I just wanted to uh, just board them all in. So I just got as many fly. I just crammed as many flyers into the deck as I possibly could, because I was actually red, white, and blue in the top eight draft, also, which is strange. Mm. Yeah, the draft deck just wasn't great. Well, okay, game one I had to mulligan to four, which is not never very good when you're. Uh, essentially playing a landfall deck because I was playing basically like a red white landfall deck game two. I, I got there game two, like Nick looked over and goes, that's the most aggressive deck I've seen in this format so far. <laughs> I was like, huh? All right. Well, that's good. to That's good to hear. Um, then game three, I got stuck. Okay. My, my keep, I mean, the keep was fine. The keep was like, it was a Valakut predator. Royal Retribution, five mana removal spell, the four three ally flyer, and like I swear it was like another five drop, right? Mm-hmm. And three lands, right? Cool, slow. It's a little slow, but I kept it, and um, I missed my fourth land drop, and I was on the draw too, so it was just like. You know, draw, draw, draw. I mean, I drew a, a turn two play, you know, but then, like, turn three, I stuck my Valakut Predator and could not hit a landfall trigger for, like, three turns afterwards. And by then, my opponent had just done way too much. They infused with the elements for four. Huh. It's like, really? And, when, like, on, and, and, like, it was, like, Giant Mantis infused. And it was, like, in game one, it was, like, a five-seven... And then they had like a oh there was a five five sludge crawler base power and toughness five five <laughs> because of infused with the elements. I just got completely blown out by tricks. Um and you know, just not being able to, to catch up fast enough which, you know, it just killed me. So uh so disappointing, but anyway. So that happened and that was the last I think that's probably gonna be my last sealed event before Oath. 
because the next uh, the next GPT that's sealed is going to be oath sealed. So pretty. Cool. When does that come out? It comes out like middle of next month. Hmm. I know it's right around the corner. I think it's like the uh, the sixteenth and seventeenth is the pre release. Moving on to standard, I guess uh, briefly. Brief. Briefly, um, I finally did play some standard. I played uh, at F and M one night that I randomly had free, and uh, played the Atarka Red. And I know that you were asking, well, why not Red Green Landfall? Mm-hmm. Uh, the main reason for that was that um, Atarka Red was the list I had the cards for first. Huh? Yeah, I was just going by like the most recent SCG tournament where in the top eight it was a Tarka Red. It is, it is, yeah. Yeah, and like Tom Ross was playing a Tarka Red. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, I was looking at like some of the they actually have the league results like available from like the five O decks. Oh, cool. Yeah, I was like, I was seeing a lot of red green landfall. I was like, oh, okay. But then at the actual like in person tournaments, it seems like Atarka Reds way more popular than Red Green Landfall. But did you notice that at least one of the Atarka Reds from that tournament it replaced one of the creatures which creature? One of the creatures were replaced by McKindy Slide Runner. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, no or no, it wasn't I don't know if it was one of the creatures, but basically the hordling outbursts. Oh, okay, yeah. Were replaced by McKinney Slide Runners. So, like, they kind of took, like, you know, what essentially is the uh, most efficient card from the Red-Green Landfall deck and threw it in a Tarka Red. Well, no, the weird thing is that the Red-Green, and, you know, you're talking to Unfrozen Caveman here, because I'm I'm coming from, like, a month ago, but (laughs) people are running the the Gnarled, the the Tutu, instead of the Slide Runner. Interesting. But that might have changed completely since uh, I last played Magic. Yeah, I don't really know. <clears throat> and uh, I love I love the uh, inclusion of Boiling Earth in the sideboard of a Tarka Red for the mirror. It seems pretty good. Yeah, because that's been that's been popping up, and I'm just like, wow, that really does. Because like the one thing that kept coming up when I was playing. I played against the mirror match at one point, and I was like, man, I wish I had Boiling Earth. I was like, I never thought I'd say that for standard, but I really wish I had it right now. I didn't have it in my sideboard. Yeah, it's hard to catch up. There's not a lot of ways to deal with uh, tokens, like, cheaply. That really does. That really does deal with them. Um, The deck was so fun to play, though. Um, Just, you know, you just get it. You just get the damn win out of nowhere. It's crazy. But yeah, standard's been standard's been rolling along the last month or so, and uh, I don't know. I'm not super jazzed about it, but I like the way my deck performs against the decks in standard, so I can't be too sad. Yeah, if I was going to play in a standard tournament, I'd probably just play the landfall deck or that. I guess it's an for token deck. That's what they're calling it. But there's I think only eight token makers in the entire deck. Right, right, right. It looks like a cool deck. Yeah, that's what I'll play with uh, Monster and Mentor. Yeah, it's cool to see that card uh, coming back into standard. But you, know, you wouldn't play Black-White Warriors? I see, like, uh, apparently Sam Black was playing that late recently, or I, I don't know. But the last time I played it, it was, like, reasonably competitive. And it was a lot better than, like, all the allied brews I came up with, which, you know, obviously never went anywhere. <laughs> yeah. But the one thing I do like about it is that, like, some of these decks, uh, Craig Wesco have, like, a black-white just value deck. They're playing oh. Wasteland Strangler, <laughs> which nice. is kind of cool. It's pretty awesome. And it's just because everyone's playing uh, Silk Wrap and a few other ways to, like, actually exile stuff where you're actually getting the value and turning into, like, a little mini Flame Tongue Kazu. Yeah, and he's, oh, wow. He, okay, so he's running four Silk Wrap, four Stasis Snare, and four Transgress the Mind. Nice. Very good. All right. All right. I get, I see where he's going with this, and I like it a lot. <laughs> that is fun. That is fun as crap. Yeah, and then you might as well. I mean, a lot of people are playing Murderer's Cut, so you can get that as well. Mm-hmm. But that's literally the extent of my knowledge on Standard. 
And then there was also the TCG Player Championship, and Adman won. But you wouldn't know about it. Nope. What do do they do? They advertise their events. I don't know. <laughs> like I had like, to just I, go on the website, and then it was a banner ad that, "Hey, this guy won." I'm like, "Oh, okay." I don't. I don't ever hear about TCG Player events. Like I actually like. For, I don't. They don't. They don't ever go into like the databases. It seems like you know, like on when you like search for results. Yeah. Like that never seems to come up. When, like, when I was like thinking about, I didn't actually look it up, but when I was thinking about uh, the uh, one of the topics that I talked to you about uh, for tonight, I actually had the thought: Does TCG players still run events? Like <laughs> that's was an actual yeah, thought do. I had because like, I haven't heard of them. Adam Yurchik won. He played uh, Advan Agro, which is really good against the three rally decks that were in the top eight. But what was the other news that was announced? What was that today? So we have a question that we want to that we want to pose. There have been a lot of things lately, announcements and changes that don't signify growth. It's the opposite. It's just that. You know, it's like scaling back kind of thing. So, you know, the question on my mind is, is magic on the decline, you know? Or or maybe ma- is magic's growth slowing or has it stopped? Because we've had just some, it's a slew of announcements lately that have just shrunk the entire tournament system in a way. Uh, for one, the original Grand Prix announcement, we upped the pay for the top end of the tournaments, but cut out a lot of the lower placement payouts, which the lower placement payouts only activate in larger events anyway. But even in the largest of events uh, the payouts won't run as deep as they have been. So maybe that is a sign that they don't expect as big of a turnout. Maybe. I don't know. That's, that. that's just, that's just dumb guessing. Mm. Um, but, uh, I, I think if I'm not mistaken, they did reduce slightly the number of grand prix for 2016. Was that by that was the announcement this week, or no? Is this the previous. That was one? a while ago. That was a while ago. Okay, but um, anyway, then that was followed by the announcement that Star City Games is uh, scaling back the Open Series a bit and focusing or concentrating the geographical reach of their events, at least by season. From what I hear a lot of the uproar over that was premature and that they're going to other seasons, you know, focus on other areas of the country. But I'm not sure how accurate that is. Uh, ultimately, though, the announcement resulted in fewer opens for the for the season and uh, one fewer invitational for the year. And then today, we had an announcement that the coverage is changing a bit. They haven't announced a new coverage team yet, but apparently there are some changes coming to the coverage team. Um, but also, uh, they're significantly reducing the number of events that will have video coverage. And that, to me, is the, uh, is the most disappointing thing out of all of these announcements. Um, okay, so, so let me just say, like, so one of the things they are changing is that on the weekends where they're going to have like three concurrent events that are all the same format, they're only going to have video coverage at one of those format or one of those events. Um, they're going to provide updates on the other tournaments uh, on that coverage, but they're only going to have video coverage of one of those like three events on the weekend. Now that is the part of the announcement I get because. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Josh Clater actually uh, said himself uh, on Twitter that they're, you know, 
cannibalizing their own viewer counts. Yeah. I mean, that makes know. sense. Because, like, if you think about it, one of those three coverage products that's going out there for stream, and they're producing two to three of them, has to be the best one, right? Right. So, I mean, they might as well just have all the viewers viewing the best possible presentation of that product. Right. That's the problem. Is like, yeah, if you've got two channels, because they had Magic and Magic 2, yeah, if you're splitting your own audience, that just that you're competing with yourself for viewers, it seems bordering on ridiculous, you know? Like, there's no reason for you to do that. Especially if the overall goal you want is to see that number be bigger. Because having a bigger viewer count signifies to people who might be watching a little more casually that this is something worth watching. But the problem I have with this announcement is that some events aren't getting coverage at all. So even on event, even on weekends where there's one event, for instance, uh, DC is team sealed in March. There will be no coverage or there'll be written coverage, but there will be no video coverage. Team Sealed in Louisville, no coverage. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, this is like, like, why are you doing? That? I mean, like, that's just weird. Like, okay, like Team Sealed is strange, but Team Sealed is unique and Team Sealed is cool, and you're running Team Sealed events. You know, it's not like you said, well, we're not going to do Team Sealed anymore. You're like, no, we're going to do two Team Sealed events. But we're not going to cover them. Like, what? Like, that seems stupid. In their defense, I think Team Sealed, them running that event is more for the people at the event than anything else. Like, it's something for the players. They like it. It's fun to participate in. But, like, in terms of coverage, it presents a whole bunch of challenges that they just, I guess they couldn't figure out a solution for. So there's already an issue when they're doing coverage where they have, like, especially in the virtual, where they have the the live look-in on another match. Yeah. And then they're, and then that just creates more conflicts where it's like, okay, well, we had our main match that we were watching, but they're in between games. So we're going to watch, like, I don't know, three, four minutes of this other match, and then you get emotionally invested in that, and then now there's a conflict on when to switch back or if to switch back. And it's just like, there's really conflicting opinions upon that. And then covering a team event just guarantees that time ten. Yeah, that's true. But and it's a lot harder for the people, like for the audience to follow if they're not already like super into <laughs> like familiar with the format. Right, sure. It's just disappointing to me that that's not being covered at all, but also that there are like entire weekends not just for that format because overall when I look when I finally cuz I at first my my gut reaction was they're not covering sealed events anymore. But I went and looked and like, no, they're doing a decent amount of sealed events overall, like pretty much on par with like the number of like modern and legacy events, you know? So, so nothing to complain about there, but it's just these weekends without coverage. That just seems, it doesn't seem to make sense why there would be entire weekends where, You've got magic going on. Why aren't yeah. you show, throwing a team at it and putting it on your Twitch channel? You know, like what? Why? Like it's not like oh, we're not covering that one because we're covering this one here. It's well, we're not covering any this weekend. And and so like some of the stuff I was talking, I was asking people like you know what's going on with this? Is magic on the decline? You know, and uh, a couple people chimed in. And said maybe it's just growing less. Uh, like Jim Cassell, Frost with the PH, uh, useless end. Greg on uh, t- on Twitter says he, uh, he f- it feels more like they know they have to test or change video coverage to be worth doing. And they can't compete with esports, um, and like the viewership isn't um, on the rise, even if Magic is. So they need to take a step back and figure out why. You know, these are just, well, these are just... I mean, in terms of like GP coverage, the other thing is that there's a conflict, um, and they might try to rectify this by coordinating with SCG, but on the weekends of some GPs, especially if it's 
I might be getting this backward, but I think limited GPs get a lot less viewership than constructed ones, which is weird because the attendance is usually a lot higher for the limited one. But they're still, but they're still cover. I mean, like if that was the case, they didn't cannibalize their limited coverage, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, because like yeah. I, I looked at what the, uh, you know, what the number. I don't have the number because I just put it on my phone and then deleted it. But um, yeah, I mean, what, what I'm saying is that, like, on the on the weekends that they have like limited GPS in terms of uh, viewership, I'll just like look at the Twitch numbers for that. And SCG will just blow them away. So it might be something where that's something they're starting to talk to them about, and maybe they can just like, hey, SCG might be changing their coverage schedule. It might be getting a little bit more coordinated, especially since like now they hinted at, and I don't know if it's official yet, but they talked about it. I think where the invitationals might give pro tour invites. They so are. that implies, yeah. They so that will. implies that yeah, that implies more coordination between Star City Games and 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 Watsy, right? So. I think some of this might reflect that, where not only is there cannibalization within official Watsi like tournaments like GPs, but there's also cannibalization where it might just be a weekend where there's a product that people aren't really interested in watching a stream of from Wizards in terms of GPs, and they're just going to watch that CG tournament anyway, and they might as well just coordinate. Right. And this might reflect like discussions they're having that aren't like formally announced. I don't know. It's another wild conspiracy theory. However, yeah, so I, I noticed, like, yeah, you tweet it out, like, you know, does this mean that Magic is either on the, di- the decline or their growth is slowing or what? And I've, I've compiled some data, data for and against that argument. So, yes, it is declining, and then, no, everything's fine. That's some points from, from both camps. And this is the kind of research that, that you're good at that it's <laughs> tied to your career, so... Ex-career. Ex-career. Well, ex and future career. It's not like... Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm, take, I'm yeah, taking a break. It's not like yeah. you're going to get into event planning after this. <laughs> oh, I, could, I could do anything. I could, uh, could volunteer for political campaign, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, like on the, on the con, yeah, we have these announcements that seem to imply less support for covering magic from both Wizards of the Coast, as well as Star City Games. Like, one point, you know, just legacy. <laughs> that seems to be going by the by. So there's less support for less formats. Or there's less support... There's uh, support for less formats, is what I'm trying to say. Um, and tangent, uh, one question. Should I sell my dual land? Uh, when's the next time you think you'll play Legacy? Like, never. I don't, I don't know. Then sell them. Yeah, I think it's literally been a year. Yeah, okay, so some other data points. Um, so, yeah, this is this is where my particular expertise comes in. I was looking at the Q3, uh, the third quarter earnings report for Hasbro, which is the ultimate parent company of which is the coast, who produces Magic the Gathering. And uh, that came out last month in November. They don't actually break out how much money uh, Magic the Gathering makes for them. They just have a whole bunch of segments, and one of them is their game segment, which has, like, the two, the two big ones are Monopoly and Magic the Gathering within that segment. Um, but they do say how much that total segment made and what contributed to like whether revenue was up or down. And so, yeah, their games category revenue declined 8% in the quarter, which means three months ending September 30th, 2015. And they Prior to the release of Battle for Zendikar. That is key. Yes, that is key. Um, so they're comparing the three months ended uh, September 30th, 2015 to the three months ending September 30th, 2014. So the year-over-year growth in just the third quarter of the year. And they mentioned that uh, games revenue declined 8%. And they, in the, the notes, they noted that, uh, that Monopoly and their Marvel revenue were up, but that was more than offset by declines in their franchise brand, Magic the Gathering, and several other games. So basically, Magic was down at least 8% because it, they had increases in stuff that wasn't Magic, but total game revenue was down 8%. So that doesn't sound too good. No. But they did mention that the year-to-date, so from January 1st through September 30th, revenue for Magic the Gathering was up. So that you know that's a, that's a little weird. 
or not weird, just uh, an indication of, you know, if you're arguing for is magic, you know, slow, is the growth slowing down, that, that, that would be your biggest data point there. I think that just as a player, I think it's safe to say that, like, I buy the least amount of magic, especially packs and such, mm-hmm. from, like, you know, after the release of the core set on until the pre-release. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and, I think and I really, I really do think that the majority of that decline was, I think it was mostly me. I haven't played Magic in a month, so it might have been that. <laughs> okay, so I have some, uh, I, have, I have some good news. So bad news first, good news later. You know, the counterpoints, despite the fact that they're reducing or reducing the total amount of coverage that they're doing, is the fact that yeah, they're, they increase the price support. Uh, they're increasing basically the number of people that get to play in day two. I don't know if that really makes a difference or not. I think they're just more, they're just trying to get a little bit more focused. And I, I do agree with some of the moves that they did make in terms of there's no need to put out three separate coverage products on, like concurrently. And it seems like in terms of like standard, they're, they're doing a pretty good job of, they've got that balance in terms of R and D and the most recent sets, like I don't see anything, anything wrong from like what they can control in terms of, what type of product they put out. Um, this yeah. standard has been a lot more diverse and changing and uh, evolving than some of our more recent vintages of standard. And then I guess the last point would be the the revenue issue. Actually, a lot of it has to do with the fact, and this is getting really kind of really in the weeds, the fact that the dollar has been up versus every other currency in the world. And Magic's an international game. They sell, you know, I mean, they print in Russian, Korean, Chinese, uh, German, Spanish, French, you know, a, a lot of different languages. They have a significant international revenues, but all the, a lot, the majority of their costs are in dollars. And so when they get revenues in these other currencies like euros, you know, rubles and whatnot, they have to translate that back. And if the dollar is going up, that means those currencies are going down. And so their international revenues are, they're lower than they would appear to be. And so, basically, if you net that out, <laughs> it's not as bad as the, just the gross numbers look, um, just because of how like accounting works for international revenues. Uh, they did say that year-to-date magic revenue was actually up on a constant currency basis, so if you net out all the weird fluctuations in all the different currencies. Um, However, someone did actually ask them in the like when they had their earnings call to like discuss this with uh, different uh, the I guess analysts on Wall Street and whatnot. Uh, someone asked them, okay, but for the specific quarter was Magic down, and they said it was slightly. So they did mention that Origins was one of the biggest releases in Magic history, but that you know the quarter ended in September, so Battle for Zendikar wasn't technically out yet. They had their pre-release, which was the largest pre-release in Magic history. And I would be, I would be shocked if that wasn't the best-selling set of all time. So I'm gonna, I would, I would have to say that uh, it, I don't think the growth is going down. At least within the car, because <laughs> every indication from people, I mean, I'm just talking to people that don't ever like pre-order boxes. People are pre-ordering cases of in the car. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and the fact that yeah, the pre-release is the most the most highly attended pre-release in their history. Uh, I would say that that's probably going to pick back up. Well then, I mean, okay. And that all sounds good. And I guarantee, and I do think that like Zendikar, you know, if sales were down, Zendikar probably counteracted that because yeah, I mean, yeah. Although I mean, all the, the expedition stuff was kind of, the expedition was like, well, those stuff was like kind of guaranteed to goose sales which is something you wouldn't do unless you maybe had to. I don't know. <laughs> true, true. So, I mean, it could also, yeah, it could very well have been a decision because they needed that boost. You know? Yeah, I don't know. And they're also going back to, what, Innistrad? And that's like another dollar, so. <laughs> yep. Are they really, I mean, yeah, are they, are they hard up right now? I mean, like, what's going on? <laughs> they're just like. Yeah, they're, they're pulling out all the stops. Um <laughs> Crazy. Uh, it, uh, it, it reminds me of uh, like Dave Chappelle. Someone asked him, like I, re- I went to go see him live, like I don't know how many years ago. But someone asked him about, "What are you going to do, Half Big Two, man?" And he said, "Oh man, 
you'll know I've run out of money when you see a half-baked two. <laughs> That's where, you know, a lot of my fear comes from. <laughs> that we're, 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 we're definitely seeing half-baked two. The magic equivalent of Half-Baked 2. Maybe that's a good name for the episode. Yeah, it's going to be a guaranteed seller, but it will also be an indication of uh, deep financial turmoil in <laughs> Dave Chappelle's personal life. <laughs> right. And we, we just got past Zendikar 2, and we're, yeah. we're going into it, we're going to Innistrad 2, which is essentially the Half-Baked Part 2. But I think that, you know, like, like these 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 attempts at pandering... Um, are are welcome, you know, and and will be a success. Quite honestly, in terms mm-hmm. of sales of cards, but I think the thing that we can conclude is that maybe the expansion of the tournament series across, you know, all the different tournament series they've expanded as far as they could and maybe expanded too much, which you do. You expand until you realize that you can't sustain any further expansion. Or it just doesn't make sense to continue to spend more money on it. Right. And then you scale back a little bit to, uh, to a more manage manageable size. So I get that. And I think that's, I think that's okay. Um, And there's one other thing that, uh, so this is uh, reading through the transcripts of their earnings call mm-hmm. was just that they're spending an increased amount, thank God, on Magic Online. And so this is like this has also been a bit of uh, good news, bad news because yeah, they're spending more money, so it's like actually having a financial impact on them. Like they're actually spending more money on like the programming and the infrastructure on Magic Online. They they see that as like they're you know a product of the future for theirs. You know, although I'm uh, I'm a little wary of it because. It's not the product that I know as Magic Gathering Online. So they have like a slide in their investor day presentation and they show, okay, so the introductory online digital product is Duels of the Planes Lockers. And yeah, that's not, that's, that's not news. And the, the product for the really enfranchised pro players, Magic Gathering Online, because it's a while since you've been playing this thing. And that's fine. And so there's, but there's a huge gap between those two. And that's where they have this like, this Magic Digital Next in the slide which I don't know what that is yet. <laughs> so that'll be really interesting to see what they have planned there. And like specifically, um, they like, they cited that, uh, the fact that they're investing more in Magic Online, which is, you know, definitely required, but there was some, some ba- the bad news part comes in where, let's see, I'm going to just read the quote. They said, that, and over time, we believe that Magic Online will play greater roles as our investments start to take hold. And certainly as we look out to 2017, and beyond, we expect to have a more robust system that enable more concurrent play online and to run even more robust online tournaments post or in 2017 and beyond, unquote. That's not too encouraging. <laughs> Which means 2016 is kind of going to suck. <laughs> yeah, it's another, it's, yeah, but what else is due for Magic Offline? Right. At least there's a solution, but unfortunately, it's really far out there. Yeah. Hopefully, the solution works. At least they know they need to spend more money on it. They are, but it's just not going to come out for. It appears to be at least another year. Yeah, that 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 magic digital next is a really interesting. That obviously can't be the the final title of whatever it is they're working on. Because <laughs> yeah, terrible. it's just like it, it's a bridge product because dual simplifies a lot. Thing, and I think they see what happened with like Hearthstone, and they're like, yeah, that would have been nice to have designed a product from the ground up to, you know, be a digital product that you can play on your iPhone or whatever, but it's just too late. <laughs> it's too late for that in terms of, like, porting over Magic the Gathering, you know? I mean, we already have these, like, eternal formats, like Modern and whatnot, and it's just, that's just too late. So that's what Magic the Gathering Online is. It's like, you know, it's a, it's a sacrifice that you have to make to get that product online, to get the full rule set and all the full card. And so I... They're try- I think they're trying to bridge something there, and that's that's what they're working on currently. That'll be very interesting to see what comes of that. Yeah, more baseless speculation. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Specialty. But I, I appreciate you uh, digging up those uh, those quotes because that's really yeah. interesting stuff. And that kind of uh, – we don't have hard numbers, but we have at least percentages and an idea and uh, – 
Yeah, I mean, so Magic, I mean, Magic did slow down, yeah, from June 30th through September 30th of this year. There was a, there was a year-over-year slowdown. That is uh, indisputable. Well, that's, well, okay, now, now, compared to last year, that's tell, that's interesting, because if you were to ask me what three months is the least amount of Magic sealed products sold, I would probably say, oh, like, July through September, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I would say that, like, as a player, just knowing from twenty years of being a player, that that's the time. But yeah, I mean, that's, only... that's when they put out the core set. <laughs> it's right. kind of like an admission of that. But uh, the interesting thing is that it slowed f- compared to last year. Now, if it was like compared to the rest of that year, it would make a little more sense. But if it was an eight percent decrease compared to the year before. You know what I mean? Then that's that's odd. And, and yeah, I mean we don't know the actual numbers of things. Right. Exactly. We just know that like in dollar terms, it was at least an eight percent decline. But that doesn't pull. Like that's not like a volume. Like that's a number of packs sold. Because right. yeah, the dollar was up, so that makes that understates the growth in the game. So like let's call it five percent. I mean, I have no idea. I don't like. I'd have to spend like a, a day on it. <laughs> right, 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 right. No, um, no. <laughs> to get like to get within like two or three percent more, like a more accurate guess than just yeah, it was probably down five percent for that one quarter. But yeah, it's the least relevant quarter, and it was also the quarter before the biggest set in Magic history was released, so it might be even less relevant than that. So, right, right. The next, like looking at the next quarter, the fourth quarter, would be really telling. You know, it'd be interesting. Yeah, we'll I would be shocked if that was down. We'll follow this up, like because this is, like, you know what I mean. Let's 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 follow this up when that next uh, earnings call happens, and and see just you know what the numbers were because I'm curious now. Now that we, yeah, now that it should it should be just surface. after uh, Gate comes out. Yeah, mm-hmm. so could be could be really interesting to, to to follow up on that. But anyway, some 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 shrinkage there, a little shrinkage to use some Seinfeld terminology. Mm-hmm. A little shrinkage in our in our coverage and in our events, but overall the game isn't dying. <laughs> no, and there's not, not really there's not even really conclusive evidence that like the growth has slowed down at all. It's true. It did, it's yeah, true. it did for three months, but I mean that doesn't really. But the growth of the tournament <laughs> system—that's what I'm talking about. Now that yeah, point. that that has that does seem to have pressed it. I would say the tournament series and the and the the overall tournament network has been scaled back a bit. We'll see if that continues. We won't know for a year, really, if that continues to happen because that's usually they change things on that. Sort and, of. and from that end, in terms of connecting it to the financial part of it, it actually is a little concerning because when someone like asks the yeah the CEO of Hasbro, you know, they're asking them, um, you know, Hearthstone's advertising it done on TV lately. You know, they, they keep asking about them. Is that good better? Is that good better? And the the response is always like just like a nothing response. They basically say that, well, no, Magic's more based on, you know, face-to-face interaction. And that's what, I mean, that's what these, these tournaments are, you know? <laughs> so that, that, right. to that, that is a little concerning that they're actually reducing their investment in some of that. I mean, that's, that's a different level of player. I mean, that's for the really competitive player, and they might, that might just not be what generates all the revenue. Um, in terms of the number of shops that host, like, F&M and sell their cards, like, that's at an all-time high. Well, anyway, we should wrap this up because it's late. Hopefully, we haven't bored our listeners to death <laughs> with all this. So, so I'm going to uh, talk about stocks for another two and a half hours, and I think we'll wrap this thing up. At least this, I say that I like to engage in baseless speculation. This this had a base. You know, this had, this had data behind it, um, secondary sources, primary sources. The, the, the stuff we're going to get into on, on those Spoilers, and I'm, I'm using air quotes that you guys can't see. I'm actually not. I'm too lazy to actually use air quotes. I'm not using air quotes, but I'm being sarcastic. The, these, are, these are not the real spoilers, but that would actually be based on speculation, of which I have plenty, but we don't get into that today. I'm looking at them right now, and I'm excited, though. They're pretty cool. Yeah, hopefully we'll have a couple more, too, and that'll fill things in. Next week, um, next week we're going to just basically do uh, – what we'll do is we'll do our year in review – and then maybe maybe we'll look at our because uh, we did New Year's resolutions last year. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe geez, we'll I didn't get to any of them. Do you remember yours? Yeah, I do. 
I don't remember any of mine, so we'll look at we'll look at those and we'll talk about those and see if we held up our end of the bargain. We'll come up with some new ones for 2016, and then we'll actually go over our top 10 favorite albums. So you better start thinking about that too, because mm. we're gonna do that. We're gonna talk about top 10 favorite albums. Stoneforge uh, Mystic a Grand Prix promo. Do what? Oh yeah, I know. That's another piece of speculation there. Stoneforge Mystic as a Grand Prix pom- promo for why? For why exactly? For the Dying Legacy format, or are you unbanning it in Modern? Come on, let's be real. There's no <laughs> way they could do that. Nope, I agree. But it's just weird that they would print it. it just doesn't make a lot of sense. That'd be awesome. Unless they reprint it in Standard. There's like no good equipment. That's true. They, that's, they could they could they, they could reprint in Standard, no problem. Yeah. But then why does it need why does it need to be a Grand Prix promo? Have they ever they, had a Grand Prix promo that was like Standard legal? I don't think they have. Because I think they actually just pull these things out of a hat. <laughs> and they go, oh, yeah, great. I don't know. GTA was pretty good. Batter Skull, interesting. Grizzle Brand. Grizzle Brand, sure, splashy, cool. Goblin Guide. Mystic, Goblin Guide, great. Uh, Stoneforge Stone Forge Mystic, iconic, you know, uh, but a little odd. It is. Commander think, players are going to love it. I think they just go like... Well, I mean, I don't know. I think they just, like, they come up with, like, all the things they want to, like, make judge promos. And then the ones that aren't too insane, they, they give as GP promos. Very possible. Yeah, sorry for that. I'm I'm just distracting us from this conclusion. No, it's totally fine. But uh, next week we'll talk about all those things that I mentioned. Should be a good time. It'll be our last episode of the year because we'll have... We're not putting out an episode on Christmas Day, because that's ridiculous. We're not putting out an episode on New Year's Day, because that's also ridiculous. I think the last thing you want to hear while you're recovering from your hangover is me saying, um, and you know, 300 times in an hour-long podcast. So join us next week. We'll talk about all kinds of lovely stuff. But until then, we are YoMTG Taps. Do you remember the the, 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 the the catchphrase? Do you remember it? It's been a while. Drop riches. Where's the beef? Yeah, yeah, we're on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, the album's already done. Yeah, yeah, collect the funds before we do these shows. Gotta go on the press run. Yeah, yeah, we're on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, that album's already done Yeah, yeah, collect the funds before we do these shows Gotta go on the press run Yo, the rhyme raise more eyes once I arrive through the doors Yo MTG Taps is available every Friday on LegitMTG.com IWantMyMTG.com MTGCast.com iTunes, Stitcher, BrainLink, Telegraph And via Passenger Pigeon at PigeonCast.com Questions, comments, or free sticker requests that I will hopefully one day get around to can be sent to yomtgtabs at gmail.com. The intro music is the song Press Run by the amazing Baltimore MC You'll Never Know and is produced by W. Additional background music produced by Logic Marsalis. Purchase all of their music at magneticmoments.bandcamp.com. That's magnetic with a K. Seriously, purchase all of their music. Find us on Twitter and Facebook to guarantee infinite happiness forever. Finally, make sure to check out my weekly limited stream, Head Games with Big Head Joe, every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash legitmtg. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.